Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionising the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated, non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today I am super stoked to have my mate Darren Tutton, Tutty Tutton, Tutty in the studio. Darren was a... an incredible surfer back in the seventies. Were you, you a pro surfer? Yeah, I became a pro surfer in the, in the mid seventies. I was a, a pro am or amateur surfers, you know, board riders and, and uh, competed amateur wise in state competitions, Victoria, um, and progressed to uh, professional and semi pro in the late seventies and early eighties. My last one was 1984 actually over in the uh, OP pro in Huntington beach. So that was my last real pro pro event. Yeah. Yeah, Right. So Tuddy is the partner of Lauren who was on the podcast a little while ago and she had that amazing story that she shared and you guys met in rehab. Is that right? Uh, Actually, in a Narcotics Anonymous meeting at Bangalore. Oh, wow. Bangalore Hall. Yeah, which okay. has been going for many, many years, uh, 20 something, 30 years, I think. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I was in the same rehab up the road, we call it, which is the buttery in inverted commas. Oh, yes. And, buttery. Uh, yeah. So I was uh, in the meeting in one night and we caught eye and then just, you know, just decided that we'll keep it friends and that's it. And, um, when I 
left the rehab and was uh, back on the road, on the street myself, um, in, a, in a house, a, re, a recovery house, we call it, with other people who are ex-alcoholics and addicts. Yeah, we, we hooked up mm. and um, <laughs> and we got a lot in common. Dirty and it dogs. Out fantastic. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Man cannot live on bread alone. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and also another little claim to fame that you have other than being a, an incredible surfer is that you were the Norska guy. Oh, God. Yeah, but I've, Norska. I've, you gotta, I've gotta, you got to send me some photos if you can find it. The yeah. Norska ad guy. Oh, it was too funny. What we, a spunk. Oh, God. <laughs> Norska, anything from, I mean, I did, you know, uh, Ford cars, Norska, Cache, uh, Sunbeam. I mean, you name it. I mean, I did from the from the 79 to about 80, well, literally 93. Um, I was in everything. And uh, you'd put the telly on and, and you couldn't get away from me. So I was down I was down in the blooming uh uh, Australian titles in in Tasmania and uh, God talk about alcohol. God, that was a radical um, week. So it's Commander Beach and we're this is 1982, 83, yeah, 82. And um, anyway, I just done a Norska commercial the year before uh, up at Mount Macedon. Mm. Uh, where all the lovely pine trees were before we uh, the Ash Wednesday came through uh, in '83 and destroyed the whole oh, lot. Yeah. But anyway, I was down in the uh, Aussie titles, and um, the the paper heard that I, you know, knew that I'd done some commercials and asked the boys. They knew Norska. We call him Norska Love God. <laughs> so ah, ah, Norska <laughs> I Love got God. paid out the whole week down there, boy. And they the newspaper mob put me on the news front page and. Said here, here's a here's a here's a bloke who's got it sweet. He's uh, modelling and surfing around the world, and he just lays back and 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 gets a suntan and looks good <laughs> and gets paid for it. So I got totally paid out on, which is totally cool. Australians, uh, I love the way we take the piss out of each other. Living the dream, though, mate. Living, living the dream. <laughs> that Absolutely is pretty dream. much. And dated Al McPherson for a little bit too. Yeah, um, we did a lot of work together. And um, after a particular job we did for Cosmopolitan um, magazine, it was, uh, yeah, it was a good time of my life. Uh, she's a wonderful person, really, really a sweetheart. And uh She's in her own way. She can sort of talk about it, but she had a hat store today. Has a problem with alcohol. Right? Does she? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a story for down the track, not for me to tell it. But uh, yeah, w- wonderful person, and um, w- we've been mates. Um, I haven't spoken to her for years, but uh, last time I saw her face to face and doing things was um, uh, the movie with George Clooney, the Batman and Robin, mm. you know? and. Um, and we spent the, the weekend uh, at uh, Sheraton Mirage and with everyone and had a great time. And we were talking about addiction a little bit back then. And uh, she was paying me out about the cocaine and her, her sister at the time, who was having a lot of trouble right. with cocaine and alcohol. So mm-hmm. this is a, it's a thing that was, has been a part of my life, but I never really thought I had a problem with alcohol. Mm. You know, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of the girls I work with in the modelling industry, some, some amazing, besides Elle, there was some, you know, um, oh, Christy Brinkley to, uh, I, I could go on. You know, mm. a lot of the girls uh, 
It was part of that era and it was expected. Not really so much expected with the modelling, but it was just there so much, the cocaine and the alcohol. It seems to permeate every kind of workplace. Well, not every workplace, but all those sort of where it's a bit more like music or modelling or the travel industry and... Everywhere. Studio 54, I was in New York in 1981 on a big job over there for uh, Veriomo and uh, Gina Versace doing suit modelling. Wow. And GQ, Vogue. Um, I was with Ford Modelling Agency in in America at that stage and uh, I was billeted out to go and uh, live with these um, people. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't even realise who I was going to uh, be living with, but it was uh, Andy Warhol and his boyfriend at the time. Oh, wow. The first two weeks. So that was a real eye-opener. You lived with Andy Warhol? Yeah, for a fortnight. And I, I literally, uh, there was a two-day period where I ran with my tail between my legs to an ex-girlfriend's place in New York, who I worked with for, in Vogue in, in, in Australia previously. And uh, Barbara Newman, yeah, I just flashed on her name then, yeah, I, I uh, was frightened stiff because these guys were gay as, of course. I've got nothing wrong against gay men. Some of my best friends are gay men, beautiful mm. people. I, I just was frightened as because um, I was a young, good-looking, blonde Aussie surfer who <laughs> was doing stuff in New York and I was a little out of my depth and, uh, and it, was, it was confronting. But I, I came back and I got back into it and sucked it up. But alcohol, Dutch courage, you know, I used to mm. um, dabble here and there and I never thought I had a, a major problem mm. with alcohol until I started to do the um, the 12-step program, which is part of AA and uh, NA, Narcotics Anonymous, which I'm a full member of. Yeah. Um, I've only been to one AA meeting, but I'm going to have to do a, 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 some in the future because it is an area where I constantly find myself. So when I got out of the buttery, for an example, that I relapsed twice and both relapses within 30 and 60 day periods were because of bourbon and Coke, you know, one mm. of my little favorite drinks. Um, and, you know, we go right back and, and doing the 12-step program, you look at your life in a very, very uh, intense way. You, you've got your magnifying glass. And mm. and I, I have my children, obviously, who are back in my life now, thankfully. That's great. Um, but all they have to do is, is, is give me a little tip on what I was like. When I not just taking drugs, Dad, but when you were drinking, you were such an asshole. So what we? So yeah, right. Let's expand on that. Like, what, what were you like? Yeah, well, you know, um, as a young kid, I I prided myself with not being a drinker. You know, at the pub, they called me the lemon squash kid or the milky bar kid. <laughs> Milk commercials as well. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> yeah, and I would go, nah, I'd have a couple of drinks, but I, I used to get a bit aggressive. Um, and in saying that, I was, what was year was that? 1972, I was in the Australian Opera Company. I sang, I had a soprano voice as a little kid. Oh, wow. And uh, Turandot at the Princess Theatre in Melbourne. And I remember going to the, uh, to the, uh, was, it, was a big hotel across the road, was it? The Southern Cross, that's right, where the Beatles stayed. 
when, when they came over in the 60s. And uh, oh my goodness me, I got on these, these chaps who were at the bowling rink there and, and other other places, we were playing pinball, my friend and I that were in the opera with, we snuck over at half time and, and um, we got given some drinks and we made a complete debacle. We came back for the second half. When you say some drinks, how, much, well, how many? Oh, well, it was only, you know, a, a, they, they had these little flasks and they were giving us drinks, you know, we were having a, thought we were having a great time. Yeah. Within a matter of, you know, 10 minutes, I, I can't remember exactly how much I'd had, but I, I, uh, I just became a completely different person. And mm. I mean, I know a few drinks as a 14-year-old kid, 15-year-old kid, um, it wouldn't take much, but... Uh, my friend, uh, Butsy Andrew Butterworth, who was with me, said, gave me some insight and yeah, I became aggressive, you know, mm. I became really aggressive. And so I thought, well, that's not good. That's not good. So for many years, I, I would have a little nip here and a nip there to go to parties to help me feel a little bit more comfortable, like everyone else was. And mm. I would see friends getting completely wasted and thinking, what a, what a waste, what a mess, how horrible. Mm. But years later, um, because of my addiction to uh, opiates and other drugs, when I did have the odd drinks, because with my addiction in my 20s, I wasn't, you know, when I first heard Narcotics Anonymous spiel in Hawaii in 77, I heard one's too many and a thousand's not, not enough. And I used to think, well, I can have one or two. No, mm. I don't have to have a thousand. This is ridiculous. Mm. But I understand what they're saying now is that you take one, it doesn't matter if it's one or a thousand. If it's not good for that particular person who's an addict, which I am an addict, alcohol or drugs, uh, it changes my personality to the point where I am a different person, a complete different person. And talking about my children saying to me, Dad, yeah, when I became really um, despondent with life and I lost my way and I would think that, oh, well, look, I'll... I'm all right. Last week I was a little bit stupid and a little bit aggressive, but this week I'll be different. So it was insanity because every time I think I'd be different, I was the same bloody idiot, same aggressive mm. person again. And um, domestic violence, uh, I would absolutely tell you, no way. I've, I've never hit a woman with, with my fists. I oh, don't do this. I Aggression can come in many different forms without having to be physical. You know, mm. and I was extremely aggressive at times with my ex-wife and mm. with other partners. So I look back on it, um, and uh, and that part of me, I I, I don't like at all. And it's it's mm. it's sad to see, and I I feel, yeah, man, I feel really bad about it. But um, you know, it, that's that was it, and I I couldn't. Um, I couldn't change it. All I could do was think, well, I, I won't drink again. But yeah. then when I didn't have my drugs, I would think, well, I've got to change my mood. I've got to change my mind, thought. How can I do it? And instead of just talking to people or doing some meditation or using my sports or whatever it might be mm. to be in the moment and, and calm myself down or change how I felt, I'd go for a drink. And mm. I turn to that that um, person again, mm. and um, you know, if I had some wine with my mum, I was with my mum at I, I, you know at, at the age of uh, forty eight up in Cairns, and I remember 
thinking, oh, I've got to be a partner to my mum, looking after her. She's just got back from a breakup with a, a third husband. Um, she'd been living in Hawaii for 20 years, so she wanted somewhere very warm to live, the same climate. So I moved up to spend some time with her a few months. So I started to drink some wine with mum. And that snowballed into me going back into the, the bourbons and the tequilas and... Uh, my youngest daughter came up at one stage to see us and uh, the story she tells me, I completely forgot. I, I had no recollection of just sort of little spasmatic flashes of, of a memory and think, oh, my God, that's right. Oh, how, oh, that was terrible. She said, I, I knew you were drinking. You weren't hiding anything. I thought I was totally hiding it and, and, and being quite sneaky and, and getting away with everything. Yeah. But I wasn't. I wasn't. Mm. And it was, it, it's fucking sad. It really is sad. Um, the, the whole fraternity of surfing and modelling and the acting side, I couldn't show my emotions in a real way. I wasn't taught to show my emotions like other friends had. My, my era was men don't cry. Men don't show emotions. Don't air your dirty laundry in public. Mm. Uh Occasionally we would get together and talk in the serpent fraternity about the alcohol and the drugs, but not really. It was like, uh, harden up, mate. Have a have a glass of concrete and harden up. You mm. know, it was um, part of the modelling was always drinking. You know, the line of coke we talked about. Surfing was ridiculous. Mm. The guys who I could tell you who were going to be the world champions or in the top five or ten in the world who fell by the wayside because of alcohol and the Australian persona of, of yeah, you got to have a beer with your mates. Like I've got friends today who know that I'm recovered, that I know I'm an addict, but they say, well, now that you've gone through the program and you've done NA meetings, it's all right now, isn't it? You can have a few drinks with us again. I say no. There's mm. no way, guys. I will be, for the rest of my life, going to meetings. I won't have to do one every day. Yeah. But as long as I keep in contact with knowing what I was in the past, mm. what I am today, and the future's fantastic. It looks amazing. I'm, mm. I'm just... Uh, I can't tell anyone out there how good it feels to not have to, since the age of really 16 years old, I'm now 63 and I'm coming up to 18 months clean. I can't believe you're 63. I'm 63. Bloody hell, it's those Norska jeans. It's the Norska, <laughs> thanks to mum and dad. Yeah, 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 totally. I, I get away with being quite a lot younger, but anyway, I don't normally say that, but it's cool. I love it. And uh, yeah, thanks mum and dad. That's all it is, you know. Yeah, and yeah. A healthy lifestyle with the sport. But look, I should be looking like a rag doll. With I know. All the shit I've put in my system. Yeah, yeah, that's you right. Know, I literally got the million dollar arms from from the H. But look, because uh, you ended up on heroin as oh, well. Oh, heroin! Oh God, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was uh, that was part of my number one addiction. With uh, well, surfing was number one, of course. And then, uh, and then once I broke my leg and, and some ribs and, and some bad a bad accident in Hawaii, I was competing that year in '77. But prior to competing that year, I at Bell's Beach, uh, I had a good uh, mate, two mates who uh, were staying around the corner and um, well, Michael Peterson was one and Al Chapman, Craig Al Chapman was the other. And both these guys were revered 
legends of surfing. Uh, I looked up to these guys. And they, if they could surf really, I mean, so well. Michael was from 72 to 75. He won pretty much every single competition there was to win mm. in mm. the world or in Australia specifically. Mm. That's how good this guy was. But we didn't know he was schizophrenic, bipolar. He was MP with the cool, the yeah. uh, aeronautic glasses. There. Yeah. They've got a thing of him at the burly there on against the toilet wall looking quite panicked. Yeah. He, uh, he was incredible. But these guys gave me a little test run on the heroin and I got addicted to it and then I got off it and then back on it in Hawaii after my injury. So I was off and on all my life. On and off, on and off, on and off. And then when I really badly injured myself in uh, in uh, Kira, um, they put me on the, the opiates. And so I was for 23 years, not one day off, not one day, not one day. But I was off and on with the alcohol the whole time. Mm. And for me, I can see now that um, if I had been really honest with myself and my feelings, my emotions, and was able to talk to someone about it. See, this is the thing that I, I honestly would say to anyone. If you have a – people want to help. There's people out there that really can give you some great advice. And mm. go talk to them. Go and have a little chat, um, whether it's an AA meeting, NA meeting, whether you've got a, a dual uh, addiction. But with, with life in general, we find it hard to – to talk about our dirty laundry, you know, mm. and, and, and there's a lot of people out there, even our good friends who you think probably don't want to know about it. If you're honest to them, if you are really honest with them mm. and show some emotion, mm. my acting coach, you love me talking like this now, but um, <laughs> old Tony Bonner, but the whole thing is that it's being honest, you know, mm. it's how, how do we do it? Honesty, openness mm. and willingness. That's how. Yeah. That's why I have this podcast, really, is so that people can get on and tell their story. You know, we had a great meeting last night. Some wonderful, uh, Daryl shared, and it was just pearls of wisdom everywhere. Everyone who shared last night, it's a good hour and a half meeting. And, yeah, it's, it's you know, with depression, alcohol will smash you with depression more mm. than any drug I've taken. Alcohol is disgusting. And because Australia is such an amazing country, but we love our we love to get pissed. Mm. You've got to go out and get pissed. Have a good time. You've got to drink that, with your mates. You've got to have your drink with your mates. Well, that's bullshit. You can have a great time with your mates. I mm. go out now and I can be with my mates and I'll be having a few drinks and whatnot and people are, oh, you're a bit worried. No, I'm fine because I know I won't touch it. I will not go there. I know what's going to happen if I do. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a smart man now. It's taken me 63 years. But I, I finally, the pennies dropped. I can see that because you say it with a big smile on your oh, face. Absolutely, and and you know what? You can have a great time in anything, everything. Mm. You don't need to take a mind-altering substance, alcohol or drugs. Alcohol, like I said, depression. Oh my god! Yeah. You know, and it, it sometimes takes a while to get it out of your system, but mm. it will go. You will feel fantastic. That's right. Even um, I used to have a lot of anxiety attacks all the time. Yeah. I mean, when I was a teenager, I had nearly a whole year. I had to take a year out of school because I had such oh. chronic anxiety attacks right up until when I quit alcohol. And I shit you not, I don't think I've ever had another one since. I think it had a lot to do with a lot of the work I did on myself too. I haven't had, an, I have not had an anxiety attack since I quit drinking, which is awesome. 
again, I don't know if it's just that the fact that the alcohol's out of the system or the work that was done, but yeah, it's just incredible. It's such a gift. And like you say that it's, you have such a great time without it. You realize you don't need it when you go through life through all your teen years. And as you say, in Australian culture, where we feel like we have to have it to have a good time. Um, this is going to lead into something else I'm going to talk about next week with Ash, but how much we give alcohol so much credit for oh our God. good times, don't we? Oh, absolutely. When it's not the alcohol that gave us, it's us. It's the people we're with or the situation, and, not the alcohol. You know, and anyone who t- drank too much, I'd like to uh, see how much they can recollect of that good time. Yeah, Because, exactly. I mean, I was saying to someone just last night, yeah, that there was many occasions that, Oh, that was supposed to be a really good night or a mm. good day, but I've forgotten. It's right. It's I've like completely forgotten. It might have started as a good night, but was it a good night? If you're a real binge drinker, oh. like yeah, I think by the end of the night, it's not usually a good night anymore. No, and I just flash on something there, and look, you know, it's a bit depressing, but you know, there was a we used to have fantastic parties in Torquay, and and there were some of my friends who could have you know quite a lot who could have just a couple of drinks, and that was fine. Mm. I hate but those then, people. I know, I know, <laughs> same. And, and you know, one of my favourites was um, was the tequila and um, tequila. And uh, <laughs> we had a, a toga party one night in uh, in Torquay. It was a really started off as a good night, mm. ended up horrific. And um, you know, I uh, ended up uh, oh yeah, it was white toga party. You know, white sheets and and everything was in blood red and. Uh, fights and just mm. horrendous, just ruined this party uh, me and a few, couple of mates ruined this party for a good friend and he was it was an engagement type of party you know mm. and and i remember um look you know anyone any guy out there you know who thinks that uh, it's cool it, it it's it's uncool man to uh to drink and punch on and, and think it's okay and, and macho, it's bullshit. A kind man is a strong man. And that particular night, I remember that that uh, I had a, you know, every time I had a, a confrontation with my wife aggressively, it, um, it was due to alcohol. And uh, I can give you many instances, but this particular night I'm just flashing on. Uh, yeah, my daughter was in my wife's uh, belly. She was three months pregnant, and uh, I remember pushing up against the wall, shoving her that hard that it could have been a, a termination of that child. And that child mm. today, <sighs> yeah, her name's uh, it's Amber, and uh, look, I love my kids, man, mm. and um, I really love them. Mm. And she's an amazing daughter. She's strong. She's got two children. She's an MMA fighter. She could have been yeah. a modeling in her own right. Her mum was a top model. My my ex-wife was a Playboy centerfold and and um and a top model for Chatties and Australia. And anyway, long story short, Amber is an amazing woman. And she was one of the, if not the one, who said, Hey Dad, you know. You know, if you want to commit suicide or end your life, I'll, I'll do it for you. I'll give you a kick to the side of the head and take you out. It's like, whoa. <laughs> but she did it in a way with so much love. And after all the bullshit and the alcohol and the dramas and the stuff she's told me about, I mean, she she shouldn't want to talk to me for the rest of my life. Mm. And I understand if she didn't. 
but she's there. Love has, has brought me back. All the love in the rooms, the love for my friends coming back mm. and the love of my kids, you know. And um, alcohol mm. almost took everything from me, everything. Mm. I mean, drugs too, but the alcohol, fuck. So today... Yeah, no, got my kids back. Yeah. You know, I can't wait to see my uh, eldest son, Jared, who's up at uh, Federal. He's got a lovely property out there. and Gorgeous. He has the odd beer occasionally with, with, with his mates once in a bluey, and I'll go fishing with him and he'll have a couple of little beers. Mm. But, you know, I, I, one day, the other day, it was, or the other month, it was my youngest son and my eldest son, Dane and Jared. I, I was having, just here at the bars, Bunsy, mm. having a fish off some little secret spot of Jared's and, and I said, "Oh yeah, it looks good, boys." They said, "Yeah, well, you've 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 fucked that up, haven't you? You can't, <laughs> you can't have a you can't have a drink with your sons anymore. That's for sure." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and I took it on the chin. I went, "Yeah, yeah well, they're spot on." And it's, they said it in a fun way, but in a very serious way. Yeah, like as in, "Yeah, Dad, you're done. That's it, mate." Yeah, my mum is an addict of, uh, as well with opiates. And, oh, my God, if she drank with those on top of it, you never knew what the fuck was going to happen. And usually something really disturbing would happen. It was pretty hard to deal with, especially for my older siblings as well. They've gone through a lot because of yeah. that addiction. Yeah. Knowing that it's it's always it's a bit nerve-wracking. Like sometimes if I speak to her and her voice is a bit slurry, she hasn't drunk because for years now because of an episode that happened with the two mixed together. Fuck. But anyway... And that's one thing too that led me when I could see myself spiraling into drinking more, drinking more, you know, taking things, whatever. I thought, no, 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 I don't want that for my kids. But yeah. it's this sort of nervousness. But when you know that the parent is okay, it's like, all right, I can relax, you know. And you do forgive them. Like I've got so much love for my mum and I I think, you know, you have you learn to have some, uh, well, I had to get counselling actually. <laughs> after one event that happened and the, the counsellor said to me um, and this is where I could differentiate the two it's like drunk um, drug affected mum is very different to my mum yeah. you know they're very different people cool. and that's where I, I started to play with this concept of you know we're not the alcohol we're not the behavior that happens when we're on the alcohol we're, it's very different you know, and then take that out of the equation and that person is still there, that beautiful essence of this person yes, is still there. Good and point. You good know, point. Um, yeah. and that enabled me to then be able to have a relationship with my mum again after, after that big event. Mm. Um, and also to understand with myself when I would drink too much and behave in a way and um, then I started to piece together eventually, that's not me, that's not me, that's because of this. And I could then see if I take this shit out of my life, I'm no longer doing that. I'm no longer that. Oh. I can just be me. Oh, absolutely. And it was such a weight off. Absolutely. It gives me understanding too when I deal with someone, a friend or a family member or whatever, if someone does something fucked when they're drunk or out, you know, I can see it's not them, it's them in pain or, you know. It's, yeah, it's they're, they're showing one. the pain or they're showing the, the anxiety of depression through this veil of alcohol mm. and, it, and it's sad because we can see that very clearly now. Mm. And, and and learning how to impart that wisdom at the right time, it's it's it is tricky. Mm. And there's certain people who tell you to go fuck yourself, mm. piss off. I don't want to know about you. But yeah. if you pick the right times, and like I was saying before, you know, getting just getting out of that fear zone of oh, should I tell them about this or let it out, let it out. Because I mean, you let it out, you're going to let yourself free, and it's just. Mm. 
a breath of fresh air. I um I don't know why we need to, you know, it's just society, you know, have a few drinks and you mm. feel better and then, you know. But it does so much damage and this is what, it, it just upsets me so much. And, you know, I've been there myself and drunk fucking shitloads and had a great old time, so I thought, until I wasn't having a good time anymore. I understand that, but it's like you say, you know, when you become a different person, from the, like myself, like with if I drank beer, I just became this mega bitch, like a oh. fucking bitch. <laughs> Poor Ash, God help him. Poor like <laughs> we used to call this thing the curse of the corner because when you play the corner hotel in Melbourne, the rider was always beer and so I'd get stuck into the beers, start off having a great old time. We'd have the biggest blue at the end of the night. Every time it was always such a great gig for him to have there in the hometown of Melbourne. This, yep. And then I'd fuck it up for him at the end by being this bitch. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't and, laugh, but I can see it. Oh. Because, I mean, I, yeah, my ex, she's an alcoholic. She, I would love her to hear this stuff. I still love that woman. Yeah. I'm not in love with her anymore, but I still love her. And mm. she gave me awesome children and she put up with my shit for many years. I'll get the time to apologise and have my little say when it comes, when she's ready and we're mm. both ready. But... Um, yeah, she, same, she could be a real B-I-T-C-H, but hey. We can know, all be bitches and assholes, right. well, can't we? When in Torquay, you know, with a lot of the boys, yeah, out in the water, I mean, even you know, after a few drinks was the Red Veil, because the Red Veil had come down, or the old Penny Bunger, if anyone can remember Guy Fawkes Night and Firecrackers back in the, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm showing my age now, but there was a cracker called the Bunger, the penny bunger, and it was bang. You could blow your fingers off if you held it in your hand. That's how powerful it was. And anyway, so my nickname was Bunger or Tuddy, Tud Bunger. You're like the man of many nicknames. Oh, nicknames, <laughs> because with the name Durham, 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 Dirt Ben, like, no, just call me Tuddy. Why? <laughs> because my last name's Tutton. Just Tuddy will do. Thank you. So, yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, well, Maggie Tabber used to call me Dirty D. There you go. <laughs> Look at girls, a, Dirty D's in the room. <laughs> you should write a coffee table book, which is just your nicknames. <laughs> oh, look. Well, well, some of my mates in in a one of them, Kynan, happy birthday yesterday, Kynan. Uh, yeah, he calls me Story. <laughs> well, story. you have so many great stories because you were on Ash's podcast a few yeah, weeks ago, yeah. Soulful Conversations, that and that was, was fantastic. Like all your stories, Ash just was beaming. He was like, oh, my God. So like, going back to the alcohol, yeah. like obviously not realising it was a problem, then you realise it, it is a problem because it's changing your personality, which I think for those people listening, that is definitely when you know there's a problem. When you drink and your personality changes, that is a problem. And so what got you to the point where you... Well, what? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Got me to clean up in general, to be honest with you, was, um, as I said in Ash's podcast, I'd lost everything. Finances, my will to live, my will to, my love for surfing, my love for my children was still there. But I had lost all, uh, I didn't listen to music anymore. Uh, I really, like I said, I couldn't hear the birds whistling and, and, and calling out. Mm. I was in the sand dunes behind Elements, so the resort here in Byron, back in Byron Bay, and I was in, in those dunes without a tent. Living uh, there? Living. Mm. Um, it was horrendous. Mm. Uh, look, it, it was sad. I hit, hit that brick wall. Um, there's a lot of people that can um, get clean. By just going to NAAA, specifically alcohol, AA meetings and hearing stories that are so familiar to their own. Mm. Little Pearls of Wisdom, like I said last night's meeting was about. And that was the very first time that I was willing to really listen was in a meeting and understand that, oh, shit, yeah, I really do have a problem. And it's not just with the alcohol and the drugs. There's a lot of obsession out there with, with addiction where I take it on with you know, video games on my phone or whether I might be eating at the moment. I'm 13 kilos overweight. I mean, I, I did, you know, underwear for bloody Calvin Klein. Now I've got a gut on me like a, like a bigger. gut. <laughs> it's disgusting. But that'll come it's off not, next don't year. Don't say that. And you'll, no, you'll deal with that. It is for me. I'm, that's my, that's my uh, obsessiveness, you know. Mm. Uh, I, I, I've got to look like that or I've got to be like Do this. you think all of us that either have binge drinking problems or addiction problems – or we're just a bit obsessed because I know I am. Oh, absolutely. I, I get obsessed with it. If I'm into something, I am in. I'm all guns blazing. Absolutely. Look, I, as a little kid, quick story, funny. This is, mum said we, they had to cut the tree down. Obsessive. What, what, what do you mean, mum? She said, well, you're a three, four-year-old kid. You're running out the front yard grabbing bees. I'd come back in the house. I'd have 100 bees, like bites all over my little hands. She said, your hands look like boxing gloves by the time you came back in. So after three or so visits to the doctor, he said, you're just going to have to cut the tree down. The kid's obsessed. He's just going to keep grabbing these bees and getting stung. Yeah. At least he won't get arthritis when he gets to an older age, you know. Yeah. So far I haven't, so it might have worked. But, <laughs> but obsession, we have obsession. And I look back, this is how with these 12 steps have enabled me to look back at my life and understand, yes, I am an addict. And it's okay to be an addict. You don't have to, you, you're not a leper. Mm. You, you're just a person who's got some defects of character and, and it's cool. You work on it. You you become that kind, strong man and you can not fix all the shit that you've gone through and done in, in the past, all the, 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 the horrendous destruction, but you can feel good within yourself that today, just for today, you're doing the right thing. You're not drinking mm. and life is great. You know, yeah. it's fantastic. Don't worry about doing all the dishes for next month or the whole year to come. Do the dishes just for today. Yeah. You know, just for today. And it works. And literally hitting that brick wall, some of us will have to do it. And some of us can actually go to a meeting and understand that, okay, you've got a problem. And if you want your life to turn around and you want to feel good about yourself, and have your family back in your life if they've disappeared 
or if you want everything to start becoming start to becoming the way it should be you know the mm. way life should go the way you really want yourself to feel about other people feeling about you you feeling about them how connected you can become mm. way more the love in the rooms is is what's really helped me come back because we all have different stories we've mm. all been through different parts of life different ages but we've all got the same concept we're all mm. addicts we're all mm. addicted you know and we're good people mm. some of the stories are so scary oh my god my partner her, her story is so scary oh yeah you know and, and other people that i hear in the rooms it's whoa count with jails and institutions and psychotic wards and you know i've i've got all scot-free totally in that regard but when it comes to my behavior and 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 the shit that i've done it's 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 inexcusable but it can be forgotten it can be forgiven yeah you know and, and it can like it truly can like i was saying like with my mum i wouldn't go into the stories of what happened but the no. fact that we can have a, a relationship with her and and love her i love her so much i speak to her every single day she's like my best friend if yeah. something good happens so she's cool. the first person i call she's She's beautiful and I love her so much and I'm so proud of her because that's all you want. You just want the person to be well. Yes. And I'm so glad that my story didn't end up there where I needed to go to AA and things like that, but I think it's an amazing resource for people if they need that, if they... If they need it, but yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. And I know so many great people like yourself and Lauren, my friend Lyndall, people that have gone through the program and it's just absolutely transformed them. So I think if there's any stigma, if people feel there's a stigma around it or feel scared to show up, I was talking with someone last week who mm, probably needs that. Good point. And I said to her, it's, it shows bravery. It shows guts. Cause she's like, Oh, what will people think? And I'm like, well, first it's anonymous, but it shows real guts to me for someone to go, actually, I've got a problem. I'm going to go and, whatever it is that they're going to do to get better, but particularly to front up to an AA meeting, I think shows so much oh, guts and bravery. Strength, and... guts, bravery. That's, it's, it's amazing the, the, uh, the respect I give people just to walk in that door. Me too. And, and uh, like you said, you don't, you don't have to do AA. It's just certain people who are that fucked up like myself. They <laughs> <laughs> need it. But to get that, uh, to get that, courage to walk in there because that's another thing with any addiction it's, it's fear we're afraid to do this by by ourselves with with a clear head oh no mm. i've got to have a little get on stage i've got to have a couple of nips mm. a little dutch car i've got to feel good i've got to feel calm calm mm. the nerves but it doesn't stop with a couple of drinks with me it, mm. it goes on to nightmare so and today i, I like i said i i i I could see how well, where I could be today with, with what was offered to me all around the world with the people that I was with and, and the opportunities that were offered. Like I said, it's uh, uh, we just don't know where I could be today and it doesn't matter. Where I am today, though, is where I'm meant to be. I was just about to say that. You are where you should be. Yeah. And you don't know, like, you don't know what's in, no, around the corner. No, no. Look, and, and the thing is, I'm happy. I'm as happy as, look, life's still hard. It still get thrown curveballs at me. Mm. But I can I can accept that today and I can say, right, well, I can take that on with a clear head. Mm. And if I don't know the answer, I've got the balls to say, pick up the phone and ring someone and go, mm. 
hey, what do I do in this situation? Mm. I'm lost. Mm. Where in the past I'd go, oh, God, I'll, no, I'll take something. I'll have a drink and then I'll ring someone up because that'll make me, I'll, I'll be able to talk shit probably. Mm. Mm. Bullshit. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know, ring up a friend and say, look, I'm feeling like having a drink, but I don't want to have a drink, so what do I do? Yeah. And what do they say? They say, good on you for not ringing me up. Well done. Yeah. Fantastic. Good yeah. to hear you, you know, and and you'll learn who those people are. You should know anyway. But, you know, as they say, you're good friends. You can pick on two hands, all these little ten fingers. You know, you've got people out there that are mm. really going to back you up and look after you. And mm. the, look, the light at the end of the tunnel is just uh, is blinding. I know, isn't it? Blinding. I just wish I could really convey that to people that are struggling that you know, I, I just know. if you could see around the corner like how good life is without oh, it you know it, it is hard though you know I, I it is hard I mean like I said you know what I'm just saying today you know at my age it's taken me years to understand oh Durham Durham look I'm here today I, and I can see that light and I feel great about myself and and the future's looking beautiful but um all I can say to people out there is that yeah, it's not doom and gloom, you know, mm. and and uh, you don't have to have a cup of concrete and half and not harden up. That's no. bullshit. Just chat. Just talk to people. You know, have a cry, have a tear. Yeah. Men don't. Us blokes don't mind anymore if you have a hug and a cry. Oh, I think it's the so guys beautiful. who say, "Oh, you fucking wuss." Well, that tell them to piss off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so because every man I've had on here, and some are really quite masculine men too, that have have turned mm. their life around, and they they all say the same thing that they've. They used alcohol often to be able to express their emotions. Absolutely. And now they just don't need that. No. And they feel so much more comfortable in their skin and that they're they're not wusses. They're not these aren't dudes that are like uh-huh. these are beautiful, strong men that are owning their shit and being, you know, standing up for themselves and their women and they're they're strong. Yeah. There's nothing there's and nothing wussy about them. Nothing at all. And this is good that we're changing this the the, the, the thought pattern of of guys, especially, you, you, I grew up with a bunch of sisters, man. You know, you know, beautiful sisters, and they, um, they all could show emotion. You know? Yeah, it was wonderful. But uh, us men, there's no way. No. And now I can, and now I am, and 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 without the alcohol. Yeah. And it's a breath of fresh air. And I think it would come at some point anyway. To like, I think as men get older, unless there's something really holding them, like my dad's 85 now. Yeah, he yeah. is a he's just like a love bug. Like he just cool. he'll cry. He yeah. writes poems to you know, my brother will write him poem and they'll cry and they're just so beautiful and so so I don't I just love that. I love that in a man that they can show that Ash has always been like that. He's always been able to show his emotions. So yeah. it's really beautiful. Yeah, good. But plenty of younger guys in my family don't, but it's I think it's changing. I think the stigma with changing. that is changing, which is You're good. right about that. My dad, Brian, love your dad. Yeah, he's uh he's <laughs> eighty nine and he uh the first thing I saw of him having a couple of drinks because he never drank. Once in a blue moon, this guy drank. He mm. didn't take drugs. He didn't smoke. You know, I mean, he's a straighto, you know, mm. athlete, great competitor, all triple honor colors at school. And the whole thing was that, oh, look at that. He's had a couple of drinks. He's laughing. He's giving <laughs> us a hug. He's mm. playing a little bit more. You know, this is the first time I was in Sydney. I never forgot this time. And that's why I thought at the, one of the starts, yeah, alcohol. It'll help you be mm. a happy-go-lucky person. Mm. That's bullshit, you know. I've said Dad's this, great now, you know. It's a few times in this podcast I've talked about that, say, within, I know, within my family. Um, 
that would be how we'd show emotion was to drink and listen to Neil Diamond hot August night and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and tell each other we loved each other. Mm-hmm. And then that's just how it was. So I always associated that feeling of love or getting and receiving love probably from alcohol. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until recently, just through doing these podcasts and having these yeah. kind of chats where I'm like, hang on a minute, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's pretty full on, but it's great to not need that. And we don't absolutely don't need that. And I wanted to say to you too, when I first met you and I've never met you before, but mm-hmm. when you walked in with Lauren, mm-hmm. there was something about you, apart from the fact that Ash was nearly having kittens, like, <laughs> cause he's, uh, cause he knows of you through the surfing industry, but you just, seem so happy and open and I feel like I could just give you a hug and like I feel like I've known you for yeah. freaking all my life and that's just because I think you are just you just tell it and you say it and you're not kind of holding back and but I could figure that out with, with you within the first few minutes of meeting you and I just think you're such a beautiful person and Thank you. to say to to worry about what's what could have been and whatever I just think if you're walking around owning yourself in that way I think all the modeling gigs in the world, yeah. you know, forget it. To Whatever. just be that authentic in yourself, that is the biggest achievement in life. Thank you very much. So I really wanted to say that to you today. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay, now I've got another question. When you are feeling tough, like things are tough and you've got curveballs coming your way, how are you dealing with them other than phoning a friend? What do you do to get through day to day? Because that's a big thing for people. Yeah, well, um, I was a lucky uh, fella, born, you know, with mum and dad, like the genes and stuff like that. But I was talented and I paint. I like to paint. Um, But the main thing for me is uh, when it gets a bit tough, um, it's I've learned to be able to sit and meditate. And it's a really hard thing to do. I mean, you know, it's it's not hard to 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 start learning, but it's sometimes to just go right. I especially like it's only almost eighteen months that I've been really doing it, mm. and not as often as I should. To be mm. honest with you, mm-hmm. I'd love to do it more, but it's what we talk about in recovery and we talk about it is mindfulness to be in the moment and to not worry about the past, not worry about the future. What's going on with me now? What Mm. is happening with me right now? So if I just sit there and talk to my higher power, which is mother nature, but that's my higher power, my God, Mm -hmm. the universe, the whole creation of everything. Um, I'm not a spiritual person but very um i'm I'm, I'm not religious i should say but very spiritual person let's reiterate that but uh it's it's um it's getting easier Mm. as i do it every week it's uh it's like anything you do it more often the easier it becomes and i can fall straight into it at times and go wow there's the answer Mm. you know and, and it's listening to what is the right thing to do and and a lot of the time it's the hardest thing to do because um a lot of the time through my life i would take the easier road instead of the the more difficult it was the easiest path and and i look at myself today in drama and i will go okay well it's not so much drama i'm just over blowing it out of the water and okay all right well i can do this i can do it just A, B, C, D instead of going from A to Z like I tried in the past. I've mm. got to get there. Mm. 
and the easy way. So it's just relaxing, sitting in the moment, understanding what's going on with yourself. And uh, yeah, and if you find that you have to call someone up or you, you know, uh, or go for a walk, you know, I'll mm. go for a walk on the beach. Uh, go for a walk in the rainforest. Go for a walk around the block. You know, mm. grab your dog, grab your bird, whatever you, whatever pet. Pets are great. Mm. Pets are awesome if you got one. Have a chat to your pet. I mean, I talk to my plants in the backyard, and people think I'm crazy, and <laughs> I am crazy. <laughs> but no, seriously, you know, I've got no qualms about it. I'm quite happy with it. Like you said, there's, there's what you mm. see today is what you get. I'm mm. not afraid to be Derham anymore mm, mm. where I was in the past now I can be Derham and that's a thing that um uh, it's 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 worth more all than all the tea in China as they say absolutely it's, it's absolutely a blessing so if you're in a in a spate of just what am I going to do what am I going to do don't pick up a drink don't do that just sit Try and meditate. You can make a little shrine if you want to get right into it and, you know, get your guru stuff out there and your little <laughs> Buddhas. And I've tried all that stuff in the past with the religion thing, but the main thing is just being in the moment, really understanding what you're feeling, mm. find out what you're really feeling, what's really troubling you. Mm. There's, there's, there's um, unless it's completely catastrophic, there's always a way, even then too, you know, out mm. of it and uh, without having to submit to the alcohol yeah recently I was just reflecting on big events that have happened in my life and I remember going through some things that I thought I will never recover from this like this has been so catastrophic to me emotionally that Mm. I'll never get through it Mm. but you always do you always learn something from it as hard as it is and fuck some things are really hard but getting through it when you finally get to the other side you learn something from it there's always some little something in there or something better will come along or you've learnt to love yourself more. There's usually some kind always, of something, isn't always. there? You're so correct. I'm just, when you said that, I was just flashing on when my wife and I first split up and the kids were with her and the elder son was living with me, but alcohol, you know, and the drugs, but the alcohol, you know, like, oh, and pity me, poor me. Mm. Oh, fuck you all. Oh, mm. man, I'll have another drink. Oh, oh, the world's doing me such a bad, bad disservice. Oh, mm. poor me. Mm. Knowing what I know now, I could go back. Well, I can't go back. I've tried to do that and, and it doesn't happen to anyone. I tell you, it does not happen. But <laughs> uh, if any, if that sort of drama happened again today, just per se, if just, just um, I'd be able to handle it. I'd be able to do the right thing and be able to not get back with my ex or, or whatever, but have a relationship where it was conducive to the betterment of my children and the less trauma and and mm. and drama and, and heartbreak and and you know if if you're going through dramas with your husband or your wife either side and the kids are involved man the worst thing to do is to bury your sorrows in a bloody bottle because it's mm. just going to make them worse no ifs or buts yeah just make them worse so it yeah. accelerates the drama, don't you think? Oh, it does it accelerate the drama. Yeah, it's absolutely, yeah. you know, it yeah. puts a rocket up. It's yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend, a, a friend, well, ex-friend now, <laughs> but tell me once that drama follows me around like a, like a bad smell. <laughs> she was probably right because <laughs> then I was drinking a lot and um, I find that there's, so, I don't, I just 
there's no drama really going in my life anymore because I just, I don't know, everything is so much more chilled. It doesn't get to that point because you, you, you've got the clarity of mind to go, hang on a minute, or the mindfulness practice and things like that. There's so much transformation that comes in recovery or going Ooh. through a process where you get to know yourself, get to love yourself again, and just changes everything, doesn't it? It's how you handle things. and The transformation <sighs> is amazing. Like, Isn't you, it? You saw me in the sand dunes and, and and people have told me that when they had conversations with me, it was a completely different person. I can't Absolutely even imagine you like that. completely different person. I wasn't a complete hobo or whatnot. I mean, I still had some money, uh, but not much. <laughs> not what I used to. And uh, money doesn't mean anything anyway. But the whole thing was I could feed myself. Mm. But I, uh, I couldn't even afford a tent. But the whole mm. concept of that, mindset was a completely different person. I had lost love of myself. Mm. 100%. I thought I was a piece of shit. I would never improve. I would never get on in the world again. All that shit that I've done, I've ruined it. I'll never get it back. I'll never get my friends. I won't, my kids are gone. What have I got left? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a broken man. And, uh, here we are. We're almost 18 months later and I'm back to a point where I've never been this. <sighs> mm. Emotions. <sighs> mm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Ever. It's good. It's a good tear. Yeah, it really is. Tear. It is. I feel really happy for you that you're going right now because I just think it's so... It's what happens too. The last person, Ange Adams, the last person I just interviewed, we were talking about just that, the emotions that come when you, you know, because it's all those years of burying stuff too. and That's it. And and reflecting on the self-hatred is pretty intense. It's intense. Yeah. It, it's, it's intense. And look, I, I, I feel for you guys out there that are still on this, on this, on this road of, of, of learning whether you should drink or you shouldn't drink. I mean, we, none of us really need to drink, but anyone who is an addict, seriously, um, life is such a beautiful thing. Oh. Isn't it? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It really, really is. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. And, um, to have it back after being <clears throat> completely void of your spiritual contact with the ocean and my surfing, my sportsman, I'm playing golf now. And I mean, I've got a new hip at six weeks old. Um, the surgeon said I'm way ahead of my time. I can play golf now. Wow, that's I can't awesome. surf until January, but I'm painting again, my artwork. I mean, I, I love my art. I, I've learned to paint with some amazing artists, and uh, and I stopped doing all that. I stopped doing almost everything. Mm. It took everything from me. Um, mm. But there's always, like we talked about before, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes you can't see it. Mm. It's black. It was mm. black for me. Mm. Completely gone. I, I was void of all that shit. Um, but just the the the, the honesty of what you'll get out of my mouth now. You'll get stories still because I've got them up the kazoo. you got to write a book. <laughs> but but the honesty with how I was and what I am today, what I what I feel mm. and uh, what I can perceive for the future, 
oh man, my kids are just everything to me. Yeah. Um, to have to to have abandoned them to the point I did. Um, we can have some fun together again. Yeah. You know, yeah. real fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'd go fishing and surfing with them and take them hunting and we'd, we'd go camping and do a lot of things. And, and especially my eldest son, he was, they used to call him my shadow. And uh, he held me at high esteem for, you know, all his life till he was, you know, I think it was around about 16. But the dark cloud of opiates came over my head again. And yeah, so he's, he's a very, uh, obviously, um, I'm lucky to have children like that because mm. uh, he's forgiving. They're all for, forgiving. My younger son Dane, I'm going to be spending with uh, spending Lauren and I uh, spending a week down there in in Victoria. And Lauren's him. getting to see her kids Lauren's too. Lauren's getting to see awesome. her kids. You know, this is all recovery shit. This is mm. all like no, no, nothing. We don't need anything. We just need to go down there and catch yeah. up and with friends and oh, uh, people are going to be. You know, Friends that I haven't even seen yet that, that mm. probably have heard stories and think, oh, fuck, Darren, the, the red veil, the tudbunga, the whatever. The Norskal Love God. Is he full of shit still or is he uh, a different bloke or like he was when he was a young man? Are they going to see the different bloke? That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you could go back in time, mm. if you could go back in time and just ha- sit and have a conversation with 20-year-old you, mm. what would you say to him? Oh, dear, oh dear. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say, Darren, uh, young man, um, now who are you? I want you to look deep into yourself and ask yourself, who are you? Not what you think people expect you to be, but who are you? What do you really want to do? What really makes you tick? Mm. What do you love to do more than anything? Not what your parents want you to do. Not what society wants you to do. What do you want to do? And in saying that, you don't need to take drugs or alcohol to get there. You can do all of what you love to do and want to do clean as. Mm. And you're a good man. You're a beautiful young man. You've Mm. got the world at your feet. Mm. Take it on. Go for it. But stay clean, young man, Mm. and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I think there's some young men that are going to hear that message and you might just have just changed their life. (laughs) I hope so. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. So now, I mean, you're going great guns and you're living in Byron and you're going back to surf coaching, which is yeah. awesome. I'm oh actually booking Ash in loves. for a session yes. um, in February when we get back and he's super excited. So, yeah. And so if anyone wants to contact you for any surf coach lessons, things like yeah. that, I'm going to put the information, your phone number. Is cool. that all right? Yeah, that's totally gonna... cool. They can call me up even if anyone needs to give me a call. A little bit of a help in some regards. I'm more than happy to help out because I would have loved this to have happened to me. If I could have called anyone, mm. you know, 20 odd years ago in, in the, the the midst of all my mayhem, the start of it, yeah, I would have loved to have called up someone. Yeah. Have a real chat and say, hey, listen, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm this, can you give me some advice? Yeah. I think that's a big, what we're taking away from this conversation today is that if you are feeling that you're struggling or 
anything, just reach out to someone. There's always someone there. And even if it is you or me, you know, I get a lot of messages daily from people mm. wanting a bit of advice or whatever. And I'm just, I'll get back to every single person yeah, good. that messages well me done. because it's important for people to know that there is someone, someone there. there for them. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And or reach out to one of the twelve step programs if that's needed or if you need a counselor, you know, anything yeah. like that. I can definitely help get people in that direction. We've got I've Pretty got some cool. great counselors that I work for. That, sorry, that I work with work as well. With. So with the surfing, the coaching, yeah. I'll, I'll, I mean I've coached, you know, Mick, Dean, Jarrah, Asha. Yeah. I didn't even get to say that too, that you have you coached, coached some, coached of, the some of the, the best world. surfers but, in the world. But, yeah. But that also too, I dropped the ball on that surfing academy that I had at Durambar Beach there, just at the uh, southern end of um, Snapper Rocks. And um, mm. yeah, the boys all saw me, the Harrington twins, the, the, the mad Hueys they call themselves today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they all were saying you're just a smacky now, Tuddy. And it was mm. a shame because uh, I dropped that ball very, very viciously and it was a shame. But Without saying any more uh, about that, uh, I'd love to coach and it's a great way to help uh, transform someone from being bored or, or mm. uh, unwilling to do something different. Um, the ocean will cleanse you of many, many things and yeah. it's a fantastic sport to take up of any age. Any age. Yeah. I've been coaching people in even up in my around my vintage, you know, in their sixties. Yeah. And uh, it's fantastic, anything. One of the podcast guests I had, and she just started, I think at the age of 40, she might have been a bit younger than that, decided to take up surf lessons as well. So she's been doing surfing and she loves it. And yes. that's part of this too, isn't it? It's doing something. That's why I just did the theatre group with Lauren. You're sitting out there in nature. You but doing something out of your comfort something zone. out of your comfort zone. Oh, and definitely then there's the mindfulness being in nature and yeah. surfing has a lot. Yeah, and look, you know, yeah. the longboards today too, you know, it's very comfortable. It mm. might be uncomfortable for some people swimming and having waves uh, pound over the top of them, but. The point breaks we have in Australia, you know, you can get away from all that. You don't have mm. to be, it doesn't have to be scary. It can be so much fun without having mm. to advance to uh, an, mm. a, a, a stage of surfing where you are going to cop it on the head and, mm. and uh, some hold downs. But as far as having a fun time, mm. getting out there, being mindful with Mother mm. Nature, sitting, having a chat to someone, mm. you know, and, and then coming in and, and feeling good about yourself. Maybe and sh- exercises as well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. It's just all aspects of it. It's yeah, fantastic. It's Maybe you should run a, a recovering surfing school. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I've looked at that. I really have already looked at that, but it's mm. how to find the right uh, context with it, the people to help me with it. Mm. Also to, you know, almost 18 months clean, but it doesn't matter. You know, mm. this is this fear thing we've talked about, you know. Mm. Oh, should I, could I? So, you know, I, I'm glad we've talked about this because I will go home after this little podcast <laughs> and I will have a little little, uh, little um, sit-down prayer meditation on this because it's a good point. Mm. You know, there's a lot of guys and women now in the surf fraternity that are wondering whether or not they can party or should party mm. there's kids today in na that are you know late teens early 20s it's a mm. breath of fresh air to see these young ones coming through and understanding that they do have a problem mm. and there is a way out and there are people there to help them so i'd be i'd be very willing to um mm. take that on board Thanks, be a great thing fantastic idea yeah. Yeah, yeah i think fantastic. it's a good idea 
It's what I do. I'm an ideas lady. Very good. <laughs> I like it. I like so it. So would you coach someone that's never surfed before? Absolutely. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So just no any level of surfing. Any so, level of yeah, surfing. That's great. Yeah. Mm. Any level. Well, I think that's great to put that out there to anyone particularly. So would you only do people in the Byron Shire or? Oh, look, anyone who's be... traveling through Byron. I mean, I, I, yeah. will, uh, I will travel up to... Uh, not so much the sunny coast, a bit too far these days, but up on the border of Queensland, New yeah. South Wales. Yep. It's Tweed and uh, Snapper and all that mm. little ha- old horny ground. I lived there for over 15 years, mm. right? It's, uh, you know, it's Snapper Rocks. But uh, as far down as uh, Evans Head, mm. yeah. I can really see you like working with like young guys and taking mm. them out surfing and just mentoring them on, on what you were saying. So I can. See that. I think that's what's going to happen Thanks, for Dan. you. But, yeah, so thank you so much for coming on. I just really appreciate your time and driving all the way here to, to be here today. That was awesome. And just thank you for being so honest and, and just My pleasure. authentic. Thanks. And My you, pleasure. you're just awesome. Thanks, Speak to you later. All right. Cheerio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.